0: Hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central.
1: Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs, and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you, you need. need. Your tech life with Trevor Long.
0: And hello and welcome. Welcome to Your Tech Life. My name is Trevor Long. Each and every week here on Your Tech Life. This is episode number 227. Thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. Um, Lots to talk about this week. Um, Some fun things, some interesting things, and some challenging things, I think is the best way to describe it. Uh, Brand new phones. Lots of new phones. Billions and billions and billions of dollars spent. Um, The challenge... To me from KFC which involves technology the solution to your postal woes uh, your courier company deliveries could be solved Uh, no more rushing off to the post office or missing a courier uh, with a product called Pac-Man I'll tell you about that shortly we'll uh, revisit the flight tracking uh, question Uh, and yes lots to talk about from what is a huge uh, event in Barcelona uh the mobile world congress which is a um, event where all the big mobile companies go to announce things um, talk about things and um, samsung pretty much steal the show although htc are doing their best to um to win a bit of publicity time out of it but um yes samsung stealing the show with the announcement of their new phone which i'll tell you about shortly but as i say uh this is your tech life you can get in touch about your questions your comments your calls Anytime you like, just get in touch, just go to the website eftm.com.au or call 1-800-157-157 and you're here thanks to Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies on Your Tech Life. Well, I often say that I, I can tell the size or the scope of a story by the number of um, number of interviews I have to do about a piece of technology and I've got to tell you, Samsung are going okay with the uh, with their mobile phone announcements. Um, I've got a lot of people wanting to talk about the Samsung Galaxy S5. Now, the Galaxy S5 will be the 2014 flagship phone for Samsung, without any doubt. Um, following on from the... Um, we kind of don't... There wasn't really an S1, okay? The Samsung Galaxy was a phone, um, but the S2 was the, the first one. to. It was this super thin... I've still got one. It's a beautiful phone. It really is. The S... Uh, 3 was this, um you know, very new look. The S4 um, really packed a punch. The S5, um, you know, it's an evolution, not a revolution. And we say that a lot about technology, but there's a lot in this thing that, that needs to be respected. And uh, it's going to go very well for Samsung this year, I would suspect. And I think the best way to tell you about the Samsung Galaxy S5 is to compare it to the Galaxy S4. Now, first up, to look at it, uh, it is slightly larger, um, about... Or oh, four to five millimetres taller, maybe three millimetres wider. The screen itself is 0.1 of an inch larger. It weighs a little bit more than um, than the Galaxy S4 did. Not much though. Um, and uh, this, the screen is, is a beautiful resolution um, 1080, 19, 1920. You expect that from, from smartphones today, but you know, there, there's a few little things in it that, that are really important. Things like a heart rate monitor. There's this thing on the back. It's optical. I don't know how it works, but uh, you put your finger over it. It's like the flash for the camera, and it, and it detects your heart rate. Um, secondly, it has a fingerprint scanner. Now, that is a bit of a follow-on, we must say, from, um, um, from Apple. There's no doubt. They're, they're following behind Apple there. Apple really kicked, the, kicked that one out of the ballpark. Um, but the fingerprint scanner on the S5, uh, from what I've already read, and I'll, I'll wait until I test it myself, certainly not as easy to use as the iPhone. The iPhone, you can kind of put your finger in any any way and it works, whereas you've got to push up, slide up on this one. So that might be a bit different if you think about it. Um, but I think the thing that will kick this right over the edge in terms of sales is it's waterproof. Now, it's not the first waterproof smartphone. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty. Um, but... You know, Sony can have waterproof smartphones, and they will find a market. And I've I've had people ask me about the Sony waterproof phones. But when the Samsung Galaxy, when the flagship phone, when one of the top two phones on the market goes waterproof, it really says something about the need to go waterproof. So this is IP67 rated, which is you know basically three to three to five meters of water for thirty minutes. You know, you can you can drop it in a bath, no problems. Uh, you could. Uh, you could get uh, get it all dusty and, uh, and hose it off. You know, it's that kind of water-resistant, water, water resistant. Uh, which is a big deal. I mean, a lot of people do ruin their phones by getting water on them. Now, they have the Samsung Galaxy S4 active, which was waterproof. So this is basically saying, you know what, it worked, so we're going to run with that. The technology exists. It's probably the one thing that really jumps this device up in terms of being closer to a revolution than an evolution. Um, once again, the, the camera is an important, um, important feature of these phones. Um, it has a 2.1 front-facing camera and a 16-megapixel rear-facing camera. Um, but they're looking at a lot of kind of impressive software features again that, that really enhance that, um, things like uh, recapturing 4K video, some sort of autofocus um, features, plus like a refocus ability, where you kind of take several photos and you can choose the one that works. It's very interesting, um, and it's all about uh, an added enhancements via software for for your for your smartphone. Now, I was asked today whether or not it had a better camera or a worse camera than the iPhone. I think it's a very hard thing to do just to, to say, but I still think because of the simplicity of the iPhone camera. It's, it's still the best because it's just tap and go, it's, it snaps a photo. Whereas with these overbearing software features, I think you lose the basic premise of, oh, I just want to take a photo. So I'd like to think that I'd prefer there was a camera and there was like a super camera app. So camera app was just open it up and it takes a photo. Boom, that's all it does. Uh, whereas the super camera app allows you to kind of do cooler things and, and you know, take a bit more time with things. So that, that I'll, I'll, I'll wait to test. Um, they're, they're making comparisons to, to DSLRs, which is a huge thing to do, but if they're, if they're talking that way, it means they've really come a long way. So it'll be interesting The Galaxy S5 is, is an absolute upgrade. Uh, if you are in the market for a smartphone right now, and you are looking at Android, it's probably going to be hard to beat. It's probably going to be available around April. We're hearing April 11, um, hoping for a worldwide release, um, and we'll have to wait and see, um, you know, timing and, and availability in Australia. But I can tell you, Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, Virgin have all said today. In fact, they picked up the phone and rang to say that they were um, they were going to be uh, stocking this phone. Uh, it'll be available everywhere. It'll be available at a reasonable rate, um, you know, on a plan. But certainly won't be a uh, low-cost smartphone. But it looks nice. Um, they always make things look beautiful with just lovely background images on the phones, don't they? But... Um, it is, it is a good phone, a little bit more squared off than the Galaxy S4 was, so uh, a slight change in design, but still very much a Samsung when you look at it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. What are you thinking about smartphones this year? Are looking at getting a new one? I don't know. Um, I reckon I'm going to give the Samsung Galaxy S5 a good hit. I'm going um, to get it as quick as I can. I'm going to use it for as long as I can, uh, because I, I think I'm now at a point where the apps that I use most are in Android. The one app that wasn't in Android was Sleep Cycle, and I don't use that anymore. I use the Jawbone Up as my uh, as my kind of sleep and, and fitness tracking um, device, so uh, probably don't need it anymore. So I'll have to wait and see. I have to play around with some of my apps and check what's there, um, but I should be able to get by uh, without missing the iPhone too much. Other than iMessage, which is a, a, a bit of a bummer for me, but um, I do use that a bit with, with the kids and, and my wife. So we'll have to resort back to SMSing. All right, you're listening to Your Tech Life. Tell me what you think on uh, on, the, on the show. Tell me what you think of the Galaxy S5 on Your Tech Life. And it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Your Tech Life, sponsored by Garmin. And, and the Garmin product I'd like to tell you about again uh, is the Vivo Fit. Uh, this is all the rage, these fitness bands. Everyone's talking about them. Every company is trying to do them. Uh, and Garmin uh, is probably one step ahead because they've been doing so much with... Uh, with all of uh, the GPS style tracking technologies you, you can't imagine they, they haven't nailed this product it's called the vivo fit and this is what as they say say hello to the fitness band that knows your potential no matter what you live for every step should count and it does with vivo fit the fitness band that moves at the pace of your life uh, one look at the easy to read display and you'll know how many steps you've taken the distance traveled the calories burned and the time of day uh, all of that is on a on a screen on the band itself. And the Vivo Fit learns your current activity level and then assigns an attainable daily goal. So as you meet your milestones, VivoFit will adjust the goal for the next day and gradually nudge you towards a healthier lifestyle. And at Garmin Connect, you can earn virtual badges and view your progress on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. So there's no need to stop and sync your data to see your progress because the VivoFit stores your stats right on your wrist and later with a touch of one button, you can wirelessly sync with Garmin Connect the free online fitness community. You can learn more about the Garmin VivoFit at the Garmin website, garmin.com.au. It's a beautiful little uh, little band, comes in range of colours, slaps right on your wrist and has a screen right there to tell you everything you're doing and measure your goal as you go and, as I say, personally give you your goals as you track through. Great little product. Check it out at garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading your tech life. You can go to the website, eftm.com.au to get in touch. Say good day. Any questions or problems or comments about technology, get in touch anytime, and you can call one 800 Some uh, interesting discussions each and every week. Now, you may have heard me say at the start of the show that we would discuss a challenging topic this week. And let me tell you, this has been a challenge. For me, I've talked about a little bit on the radio this week. But uh, for those that that haven't followed or, or seen the the photo I put up on, I think it was um, Friday night of a KFC bucket sitting on my kitchen radio. Um, let me fill you in. Uh, uh, a few weeks ago, um, I was asked whether or not I thought I could go without technology at mealtime for a week. I immediately said no, um, and and thus uh, commenced the challenge from KFC and. Uh, Angela Richards from KFC is on the line. G'day, Angela. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Trevor. How are you doing?
0: Look, I'm okay. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Monday, it's Tuesday as we're chatting. So I'm four days into a seven-day challenge, and I actually am going okay, I have to say. the idea Has it here, been a
1: long four days? It
0: has been a very long four days. <laughs> um, uh, the idea here um, is to kind of cast a light upon the fact that we we're becoming a little bit Antisocial in social circles, um, we are—we're probably not aware of these things. And I think uh, you know that's the one one learning. We'll talk about the learnings in, in a moment. But for me, the idea that that I use my mobile phone and my wife as well while we're at the dinner table, or while we're—you know, for me at work, just sitting on my own, I flick through my phone. Um, is it—is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? How does it? How does a concept like this come about for um, for for KFC?
1: Well. We actually noticed this trend and about a month ago we launched this campaign called Stop and Spill Chicken um, and that was really because uh, we wanted people to just take a little breather from technology, take a little breather from work, from doing all the busy stuff in life and just stop especially during mealtime because most people don't have time to eat properly at a dinner table these days anyway. And when they do, probably like you, Mm. they actually get on their phones, they get on their computers and they just don't engage anymore. So it's really about taking 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, have a chat, relax, enjoy the food, talk about something else because there's plenty of time in the day to actually go through your, your smartphone looking for amazing new apps.
0: And I was thinking, I was chatting, chatting to uh, Burjo on, um, on I think, 6IX in Perth. And he, he said to me when I, when I mentioned it to him, he said, you know, he sees it all the time at restaurants. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's KFC or any other chain restaurant or, you know, exotic restaurant. People do mm. it. People are on their mm. phone for a minute or two. He said to me, he sees people come in, sit down and, you know, you know, cheers their glasses together and chink, whatever, and then they're on their phones. And it's like... That's
1: exactly right. And that that happens everywhere. It actually happened in our stores. And that's like one of the reasons why we chose this part of the challenge. So not only did we want to go and tell people, hey, take a breather, stop and smell the chicken, that's why we actually asked someone like you, who is totally addicted to technology (laughs) and totally addicted to these gadgets, to see if you could actually do this kind of challenge where you don't use technology at mealtimes. And it was our store managers that actually came to us and said, you know, we notice a lot of people come in with their mates, do exactly the same thing. They order, they sit down, you know, get their food out and then start using their phones instead of having a chat. And we thought, that, you know, maybe we should do something about that.
0: What's the point of going as a group to KFC... And and having dinner when you're not even talking to each other, it, it yeah. kind of it, it is a bit head scratching, isn't it? Really, when you think it's about
1: just it. weird. It's just because technology is ingrained. Like amazing yes. apps, there's amazing stuff on the web. It's totally addictive, and we totally get it. So you know we don't, we understand that it's really enjoyable. It's just sometimes it probably pays to have a good old chat with someone.
0: And now the, you sent me some proper KFC buckets. Uh, and we put one in the kitchen. We didn't put it on the on the dining table because we thought, you know what, we're just gonna it'll be too easy to. To just reach in, uh, and so we throw the phones. at My my son, my seven year old, threw his iPad in there. It was very funny. It's um, it's 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 a nice running joke in the household. Don't worry about that. And um, and it's it's a concept that you know put it away literally. And I'll tell you that Saturday was the first day we did this, and so therefore breakfast was kind of easy because it's early in the day, not not a big deal. But lunch. You know, you, uh, on a weekend, I obviously don't get a lot of time with my family during the week because I work. But on the weekend, it's it's pure family time, and so the most obvious time not to use technology would be family time. Um, and you know, I cooked up we cooked up lunch and, and we spread it all out, and then it was it was good just to throw the phone in the bucket and and have a chat for 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 the period of lunch. But what was interesting to me, and you, you may be amazed by this, I forgot it was in there, and I went several yeah. hours before I went and got it back. And and I like that idea. Um, I like the idea of kind of not actually needing to be connected for any period of time let alone just at mealtime and i think what you've done is i think it's the northmead store in sydney you you you're just putting on, on on the ability for people to to grab a bucket themselves and have a mobile collection point where if you're going into the northmead store and i think you you picked that because there was a bit of lunchtime and nighttime trade in terms of uh, workers and and then families yeah. you know take the opportunity to to throw your phone in the bucket and have a chat
1: Yeah, it's totally liberating, right? Like, it's actually like a holiday. Like It's like an enforced holiday. It
2: is, (laughs) So, you
1: know, we've got these... So our Northmead store, as you say, we chose it because we've got lots of tradies during the day. We've got lots of families on nights and weekends. So it's a great store to trial this kind of idea. And obviously, it's not compulsory. You don't have to do anything. But every store from today for the next week... Oh, sorry, every table in the store from today uh, for the next week will have these special stop and smell the chicken buckets. And as you say, you throw your phone in there eat your food, hopefully don't forget it. <laughs> and then uh, and then you just get, you know, a 15-minute break, basically a 20-minute break just to hang out. And as you say, it's actually quite liberating to be able to do that and say, so I don't need to do this now. So it's fun. Yeah. It's a bit of fun. I think the guys in the store are loving it, actually. So um, we're hearing good reports.
0: You did a bunch of research uh, around this, uh, you know, to try and link link the campaign back. And it's quite interesting. Uh, you know, men are more likely than women to check their personal devices over dinner. I, I guess... I don't know if that surprises me or not because I, I like to think that I'm not any worse than my wife, but maybe I am and maybe that's maybe just what they... Maybe you are. The...
1: <laughs> I think it's more indicative actually that it's the women who actually get more frustrated. So men do it more and women get more frustrated, which sort of makes sense, right?
0: <laughs> you, you're talking about the mobile phones or just getting frustrated with their partners now because I know that. Probably,
1: a... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a general frustration and then we talk yeah. about phones. <laughs> I'll
0: tell you what scared me most, and I, I mentioned this today, I... I I could not believe that the devices people use at the dinner table on a regular basis. Okay, so smartphone, obvious, number one. But the laptop, number two? Mm-hmm. Who's using a laptop at the dinner table? I
1: know, I know. It's a really clunky. It's like, hello, I'm going to put a screen in front of your face.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not only going to ignore you, I'm going to put a barrier between us.
1: <laughs> I agree. It's really funny. I actually think it's uh, It's pretty interesting that something like nine, I think it was nine in ten Aussies believe technology's made them less social at me at times. Um, we believe I it. We're just it, not
0: doing anything about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's why you need a bucket, everyone. You need a bucket. Stop and smell the chicken bucket.
0: Well, what? so if I, next time, I mean, we, you know, question without notice, but, I mean, if people are desperately wanting to join the trend here that we're creating, uh, <laughs> next time I do my drive-through at the Pennant Hills KFC and I buy my two-piece fillet box, uh, with a large chip's upsized. Um, it must, they must know me by now because it's such an, such an insane <laughs> order. So get it ready
1: as uh, the car comes Do they, up, do
0: yeah. they, can I ask for a bucket, just a plain bucket without the, uh, without the chicken in it so I can, I can play this game at home? I can, can people do that? Will, will you give me a bucket?
1: We've actually only got them available at Northmead, actually. So we're only doing a one-store trial at the moment, and they're the special buckets that we're using. So they're they're not uh, the the buckets that we pack the food in. But um, we're thinking about extending it further. We're just going to see how Northmead goes this week, see what happens, see how much interest there is, you know, if people take them home as collector's items, that's pretty interesting as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll see how we go. But um, definitely going to have some fun with it this week um, and yeah. see where we get to from there.
0: Oh, look, I, as I said, um, look, it hasn't been as challenging I thought it would be, I'll be honest. Um, I I have been off work for two days, actually. So, um, So tomorrow... At lunchtime in the office, will I be able to cope with conversing with my workmates? Maybe. Exactly. Your uh,
1: work friend. Your work friends. <laughs> Your work friends.
0: And, uh, and, you know, I think that it's, it's just a good reminder. I've been interested in the in the number – a bit of feedback I've had, you know, on, on social media and things, people saying, oh, no, that's a rule in our house. A lot of people have that as a static rule in their mm. home. No, no phones at, at the table. Other people – you know accept that it's just the way it is and and that's the way it's going to work so question about whether or not it should be every meal or some meals in the end your point is just have the conversation really and and decide yeah. for yourselves what's what's best for you
1: yeah, I think there's probably too many rules in life, so I think it's okay to do what you feel like doing, but I think sometimes meal time, of all the times you've got another 23 hours of the day that you can do other stuff in, I think meal is probably the time where you can probably just relax and eat and talk as opposed to do about 17 other things at the same time.
0: All right, well, I'm, I'm okay with the meal challenge, but don't challenge me to go without it entirely. I'm for telling you, two,
1: I, I actually heard uh, some of the... Um, some of the radio work that you did today talking to some of the people on the radio and it made me laugh that you talked about your wife and you said she was Mrs Pinterest and how's she going <laughs> with the challenge?
0: Well you know what she was uh, and she she hates the fact that I said this on on, TV on the weekend but she was the first to cave she was the, she, breakfast on Saturday morning first day uh, and her excuse was that we I had breakfast with the kids and 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 she was she either slept in or or, or, or um or was laid up but she she was having breakfast on her own so she didn't think that was a problem and I said no no sorry Challenge applies whether you're eating on your own or not. So once we got over that little hurdle, um, it she was, was already
1: trying to bend the rules. Yeah, yeah. We were just,
0: we were just defining the rules from early on. But, uh, uh, you know, she may say what she thinks, but I, I think we're head to head when it comes to using our phones at the table. I was going to say, she's
1: belying those statistics, isn't she? She's yeah, well, up there with you. She, she'd
0: like to think that uh, she's definitely one that gets frustrated. But as I say, I'm not sure that's about the mobile phones. But anyway, yeah. it's an interesting family challenge. I, I, um, I would encourage anyone to give it a try, even just for a weekend. Um, it's been yeah, a great, it's great little eye-opener for me and I uh, encourage anyone to that does have a... I'm happy to admit I've got a problem. I love social media and, and it's not because of some crazy thing. It's just I'm a news junkie. I've worked in the media for such a long time. I'm a news junkie and I feel like I might be missing something. And I get that that's not the case. But you know, when when you live in a twenty four or seven world, it is often hard to to disconnect, and so it's good to disconnect, and it's worthwhile giving it a try. And i um, thank you for the challenge. But I've still got a couple of days left. I'll, I'll, I'll be. I'll I was be... going to
1: say maybe you can thank me after seven days. Yeah. How you go? Yeah.
0: Thank you or not? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Angela. Thanks very much for the chat, and uh, and good on you. And we'll see how the trial goes at uh, at Northmead out at KFC.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, Trevor.
0: What would you do with $19 billion? Now, I know not one person received that amount of money, but it doesn't matter. Someone got a lot of money when the app WhatsApp was sold to Facebook last week. $19 billion, you know, $16 billion in bits and pieces plus another $3 billion in Facebook shares or something. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the amount of money that, um, that has changed hands for this app. WhatsApp, if you've not heard of it, is a messaging app. Um, it is linked to your mobile phone number. So you have to—you can't just put it on an iPod Touch, for example. It has to be on a smartphone, but it's on Windows, BlackBerry, iOS, Android. And you can send text, photo, video, audio messages, uh, and location, you know, drop your pin on, on a map and, and send it to someone, know how far away you are, um, all within the app. Uh, it's very good, and because it's cross-platform, it really is a very global thing, and you know, it's a great way to keep in touch no matter what device the other person's on. And if you think about how SMS is in some places still cost a lot of money, and a lot of people still have SMS-based plans that cost money per SMS, WhatsApp is a great alternative to that. But is it worth $19 billion? I would uh, I would argue no, but we don't know the long game. And all I've started to think is that it's about not about the user data, not even about the messaging data, but about the habitual data. Of users. So, what does a particular type of user do? Who do they contact? When do they contact them? Um, what what are their habits? What do they talk about? And the more you know about someone, the more you can build profiles of segments, not about a person. So, it's not about Facebook knowing more about me and advertising on Facebook more uh, targeted messages. It's about Facebook knowing that because I am a 37-year-old male who lives in Sydney and happens to like Formula One and technology. I, like other people in that same similar demographic, may do X, Y, or Z and therefore be interested in company X, Y, or Z. And the more you can refine that, the more you can target that, the better you know those people, the more valuable that, that advertising becomes. That's probably what it is. Other than it being a kind of defensive play where you, um, uh, you know, you stop WhatsApp from becoming so big that it is basically a social network. So it's a very interesting play, and we'll probably never know why they really did it, Um, but it is the biggest technology acquisition in history, Uh, and it will be for some time, I would expect. And it makes Instagram look like pocket change to Facebook, because it only cost them a billion dollars. I mean, uh, YouTube only cost Google $1.2 billion, that was in 2006, so it's eight years ago, but still. Uh, $19 billion for WhatsApp. Do you use WhatsApp? Have you got WhatsApp? Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, let me know. I'd love to love to know what you think. Um, get in touch. Just go to the website eftm.com.au or you can call 1-800-157-157. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Your Tech Life is the name of the show. My name is Trevor Long and you can get in touch. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. Anytime you like, just get in touch. Say good day. It doesn't matter what, what it is or what the problem is. Uh, You can get in touch. Let's go back to the phones. Go, Doug. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What can I do for you?
3: Well, uh, from the outset, I'm not an aviation geek or a plane spotter, but I was listening with interest to your podcast uh, last week Mm -hmm. about the uh, Ethiopian plane hijacking. Oh, yes. Very interesting. Yeah, you you were packing that plane with a website, so... Um, I think that website you referred to as flightradar24.com.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of them. I think flight radar is where I end up most of the time because I normally I normally forget what it is, but I normally type like flight radar into Google, and and that's the first mm-hmm. one that comes up. Flight radar twenty four. It gives you a Google map, and then on the left hand side, kind of plane information, and you can click on planes and and go from there. Pretty cool stuff.
3: Oh, it certainly is. Yeah. So, you know, the last day, so I've had a quick look at that site, and it's yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting, and it's actually surprising how much info you can actually see about every plane that's whizzing around our heads, you know, from little private sessions to the big boys with their airbuses, but, yeah, it's all I there. Haven't,
0: I haven't looked at anything more than the kind of really high commercial stuff. What can you see in terms of, like, can you see stuff happening out at Bankstown, for example?
3: Uh, well, I'm in Brisbane, but yeah, you can see, you can definitely see um
0: I was just looking What's at the What's is there, there a regional guess, air, regional airport like it's not like Archerfield, that's not there anymore, is it? But um
3: uh, it is, yeah, and Archerfield's definitely there. Still runs um, it still runs as yeah. a
0: Can you say can you see little little private planes come out of there?
3: Um I haven't checked that 100%, but I've definitely can spot little Cessnas that come up. Yeah, I think right. what it comes down to from my limited as i an expert from my limited yeah. researching just in the last day it shows as long as it's got a transponder on there, yes. it's showing up apparently. So, And I think that transponder
0: um, is the thing that got us going on the Ethiopian Airlines thing because that was the thing that, that did that squawk 7500 thing, um, yeah. you know, it's got people happening. But I guess, you know, if you've just got your own private plane, you might not run a transponder or there might not be a requirement mm. to unless you're running commercially or something like that because I'm... I'm scrolled in here on uh, Bankstown, which is kind of Sydney's regional airport, if you want to call it that, like a uh, small small plane airport. And I don't hmm. see anything. And you also don't see military aircraft, obviously.
3: Mm, no, that's probably forgiven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, that that squawk actually interested in me as well. So I had a, a quick look at that and um, on, on Wikipedia, of all places. But um, yeah, it's surprising what's actually on there and all the history and whatever the, about uh, squawk. And it actually lists off all the codes. So the One you mentioned last week the seven five double that that is actually comes up as hijacked the plane yeah. is being hijacked so um, so that 's interesting, but the other one you don 't want to see is the seven uh, seven double because that 's an emergency, so that 's on your plane
0: yeah. jump <laughs> yeah and, and I think what what happens in this and as I said to you kind of uh, all it took was a, a real av geek to to kind of spot it, and you know you and I might not be monitoring it all the time, but we know now where to go, mm-hmm. but you can imagine. This data is available. It's happening there in real time. And I'm sure that, yeah. that, that absolutely, it's just awesome to watch. I'm looking at it right now an A380s just landed at Sydney Airport Emirates. Yeah. And it just, I feel like I watched it land just then. But, um, yeah. with, with the data that's available, I'm wondering and I'm imagining that, that, um, true aviation geeks probably have a, like a server set up that's constantly polling and, and looking at all of the squawk codes so that then as, as ambulance chasing as this sounds, so that whenever they see a squawk code that is as you say you know either emergency or hijack or whatever they literally get an alert themselves they know where to go to look and they're basically following a news story as it happens and they they get it before it even happens in a sense it's public information
3: exactly Exactly. There's, there's, on the Flight Radar Twenty Four, there's a thing about about their information, so it does tell you what they do and don't track and how they track. So that's mm. interesting to read as well.
0: And have you tried it on? Have you got a smartphone?
3: Well, that was the next question. Was um, you know, have you um, you know, the, the, when I type in Flight Tracker and iTunes, there's a lot of different ones come up. So the mm. question was, you know, have you tried any others on your on the smartphones apps?
0: So and I've uh, got the I've got the the one from that very website we're talking about, Flight Radar Twenty Four. Um, I have that app on my phone. As I said, I, not not because of any other reason. That it's just the one that yeah. comes to mind. So when I type flight in my on my search on my phone, I get Flight Radar Twenty Four. It's got stacks of info. It's even got and it's, the website doesn't have this, but interestingly, on the app, I can even see little vehicles. Um, yeah. So in Sydney at the airport right now, I can see a little tiny you know truck of some description. It just says ground vehicle. Doesn't have any other information. Um, you know, because obviously that information is important for the for everyone. The air traffic controllers, you know, know where the vehicles are as well on the ground. That's pretty cool. Plus there's an augmented reality um feature. So you hold the phone up at the horizon and and it shows you, you know, using the camera lens, it shows you what's in the air. And it then superimposes over the relative location of that aircraft, it superimposes its flight number, its um its its destination and its origin. And it's awesome when a plane is flying over you and your your phone is correctly configured because you know a lot of the time with the compass in smartphones, they're not kind of perfect. So you've, you've got to get the compass perfect. You've got to be pointing in the exact right direction for it to work, but it'll literally superimpose over a live camera feed from your phone the, the details of a plane that you can see in the air.
2: Mm. I, it, I, I find that
0: effect, stunning. Really? I find that just yeah. stunning.
2: Mm.
3: No, fantastic. And that, that, I think the one you must have there is the pro version, the 299 version. You know
0: what, I did, I did pay for it because in the end I used mm. it. I used it that much that I thought, why not? The other one I've got is called, uh, uh, I'm just going to look it up here. I'm pretty sure it's called Plane Finder. Now, um, this one in my search doesn't come up as Plane Finder. It just says PFAR. But this one is the pure augmented reality version. It's called Plane Finder AR. Uh, the logo is a black uh, square with a white plane and, and the initials AR. And this one doesn't do the the basic mapping. It just has like a, a radar on the screen with like blips where the planes are. And then as I say, you calibrate the compass and, and it, then, um, it then shows you an augmented reality. When you hold your phone up, it shows you where the planes are. So I can, I can point my phone around in the air. And even though I'm inside right now, obviously I can't um, see the plane, but I can see where the plane is in the sky. And I've used with, this with my kids. I've said, look over there. There's about to be a big Qantas plane come and, and, you know, a couple of seconds later, bingo, there it comes. We, um, I think my kids, uh, yeah, my family, all my family picked me up at the airport when I was coming back from the States and we went to McDonald's down the road from the airport and had breakfast and I was able, because you can't see the airport from McDonald's, you can just see the kind of the end of the runway that goes out into the ocean or into Botany Bay, I was able to tell them when planes were landing so they could look up and look out the window at the right time. I mean, it's very cool stuff.
3: It is. And I, I, as I said, for arrivals, I think it's quite handy that you can actually literally track it from wherever to into your airport and you can know that it's actually on target happening and it's going to be landing in probably 10 minutes. So, I don't know what
0: it's like and, in Brisbane, but it costs the bloody earth to just go mm. into Sydney Airport. So the idea of parking maybe a kilometre away and uh, and having just a flight radar tell you where the plane is, you can you can truly see that it's actually not just landed, but that it's at the gate then you can kind of add that time yourself as you normally would for, for uh, disembarking and everything like that, uh, so you don't have to pay two hours' worth of parking for 10 minutes.
3: Mm, no, that's exactly right. Oh, very cool. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it, mate. No, it's good. Um, I've, I've had a game app for many years called Flight Control. I think it's been around for a while. Everyone's. Probably oh, seen it, that was but, one um, of the
0: original um, yeah. original viral games. It was, uh, that's it. Yeah, it's great. What's, what's your kind of highest level?
3: Oh, I haven't played it for a little while, but I was oh. just thinking this. This is like a real-life control exactly uh, flight is. control game, really.
0: That's exactly <laughs> what it is, isn't it? E-
3: except you can't control the planes, of course. Thankfully, yes. Well, that's
0: <laughs> probably a good thing, I think. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, fantastic! So tell
3: me, Trevor. Yep. So, Trevor, have you ever been on a flight simulator?
0: Um, I've done the um, at, uh, at Darling Harbour in Sydney. There's a there's one. Um I think it 's a Boeing seven three seven I think they pretend it to be it 's a proper flight sim and uh you know you yeah. go in it and you you go up and and down and do a quick thing it 's a you know it 's a tourist attraction but i 've never done one at an actual uh you know at a at a at a Qantas or or a virgin or someone like that where it 's a little bit more you know the whole whole room moves so this one 's just yeah. a static room where you, where you 've just got the the full screens around you basically a massive computer game, but the full bit in fact pilots yeah. train there and just do just do practice there. I'd love to get in, but on board one of those actual ones that, you know, mm. the whole kit and caboodle moves. Have you done one?
3: Well, I, I did sorry something similar to you. One's just been relocated uh, in Brisbane out to the Archerfield Aerodrome and uh, had to go on that. That's an official Boeing 737 simulator. So, uh, but that's, it's great. As you said, you just dial up. Um, they dialed in the old Hong Kong airport for me. And, they uh, must do that for everyone little, because
0: I, I did Hong Kong as well. Did you yeah and I think yeah. it's I think it's because it's a pretty daunting approach, you know the the old airport you come in well, and you, you you've got the mountains and then you pretty much just twist in and come down,
3: yeah, well they tell you when it was operating, it was the sixth most dangerous commercial airport in the world, so I can uh, see why
0: yeah and and how how did you gauge to nava landing?
3: Oh, uh, look, he told me I did, but he probably tells everybody that so. again, I was going to say
0: I felt great afterwards as I walked out, they made me feel like I was a bloody genius. Um but I think I think that's the point isn't it?
3: <laughs> well, I mean what what happens if they put the put the call up on your next flight and they say we need someone up the front here to help but you reckon you could do it?
0: I've played <laughs> enough flight sims that I get the gist of it. Let me put it that way. Oh, you know, I'd mm. I'd go up. I'd go up for sure. Because unless the only reason I wouldn't go up is is if they'd lost comms to the to the ground because I reckon I could yeah. follow instructions from someone on the ground to yeah. To get it pretty close. <laughs>
3: well, I've said the same thing. I'm not not a big head, but if someone was in my ear telling me speed, height, whatever, I, yeah, I reckon you go close to getting it down. So you anyway,
0: know, there's a, there's a it game the there's a game called Flight Simulator, which is you know it's a it's a hundred and something dollar game. It's a ten disc uh, installation on your computer, but it is a stunning, uh, stunningly realistic flight simulator. It's actually really bad graphics. It's not brilliant in terms of flying over places and you know trying to. Get a great view. You're better off on Google Maps. But in terms of having to go through a checklist before you take off, in terms of plotting your course and different things like that, it is amazingly realistic. And I think if you've played a bit of that, and I, with the greatest respect to the pilots listening, including um, previous yeah, yeah. caller Mark, who I who I since have learnt was a um, is a, is a Qantas pilot, I. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't suggest that it's an easy job, but I'd like to think that the the basics of it in terms of uh, you know, the control and the and the dials and things uh, are learnable in that sense, but um, I wouldn't want to be thrown into the heat of it at the last minute. That's no, for sure.
3: no, and don't get me wrong, I'm not making light either. They earn every cent that they um, mm. they earn, so, the and you especially want those guys in the in the hot seat under problems. So, that's exactly yeah, right. Well Mate, I've, I've watched
0: enough air crash investigation to know that these blokes, <laughs> uh, men and women, are absolute freaks when it comes to those important moments where it, where it isn't going to plan. I mean, that's what that's what mm. they're trained for. The planes can fly exactly. themselves and land themselves. Uh, but it's it's for the moments where the, where things aren't going to plan where it matters. Anyway, That's until true. then, we'll just stick with Flight Radar 24, eh, Doug? We shall. Good we on shall. you, mate. Happy flying. Good on you, mate. And thanks for getting in touch. Uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. You're listening to The Your tech Life. My name is Trevor Long. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading. Now, I mentioned the Samsung Galaxy S5 launch at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Well, it's a tough one um, when it comes to getting publicity out of those events because someone always steals the show, and when a company, the size and the weight of Samsung chooses to release their flagship phone, there it's hard for anyone else to get a look in. Now, obviously, on the big tech sites, you'll read about all the different stuff, but, you know, um, for example, uh, I have several radio spots across the country each and every week, and I normally get two or three topics to talk about at most, and I won't talk about three phones back-to-back. It's just silly. Not everyone's interested in phones, so I have to pick one, Uh, and you'll pick the biggest, so it's hard, and uh, that's where someone like Sony misses out, and I've got to tell you, they are the sleeper because they make some cracking good phones, and they've released uh, or announced the... Xperia Z2, which is a follow-up to um, the Xperia Z and Z1. Um, 5.2-inch full high-definition display. Uh, Fantastic camera, as you would expect from Sony, who know more about cameras than most. Waterproof. You know, this was was the the, the original waterproof, the the, the Z series phone. So the Z2 is is waterproof. So it goes head-to-head with the Samsung Galaxy S4 there. Slightly bigger screen. Um, a much squarer design, um, a, a beautiful, beautiful resolution display. It is, you know, almost everything you'd want in a smartphone. doesn't have fingerprint scanner, but I'm not sure that's really a selling point um, yet for phones. So, you know, is it is it a case that we are so... Uh, won over by marketing and uh, and word of mouth and and different things like this that it's hard for a new player like like Sony to crack the market on smartphones. I wonder because if let's say we wiped the slate clean and uh, let's say this one comes out in March, the Galaxy S5 comes out out in April. In fact, let's let's talk September. Let's let's say Apple's even got a new phone out. If every single person who bought a smartphone or or got one on contract took the time to research, put them side by side, feel them in their hand, look at the screen, do all these different things, would they all choose the iPhone and and the Samsung Galaxy S5? I wonder. I think even on looks alone, the Sony phone is probably top three. But then when you throw the HTC One or the new one in the mix as well, which will be announced in March, uh, you've got four cracking good phones. And there's others too. There really are. Um I think it's very hard to buy a bad smartphone in the in the mid to premium range. It's very easy to buy a bad smartphone in the low range because there's cheap phones. There's always going to be cheap phones. Um, but Sony do a lot with their PlayStation mobile, the Walkman technology, they're, they're bringing everything into their phone. So it's got a lot to offer. Um, they've also then um, expanded that out to the Z2 tablet, which is again uh, waterproof. Um, it's It's got great features. Uh, they've also got another phone. They've called the M2, which is slightly different. It's uh, I don't think it's waterproof, but um, uh, it's it's got a dual SIM card variant. So there's a lot of different things about these phones. But just focus yourself on the Z2. You may be well impressed by this device. Um, and, and finally, surprise, surprise, not really. Uh, Sony have released a uh, or announced a, a, a fitness tracking smart band. So they are called the smart band SRWR10. Um which doesn't appear to have a screen on it. It's just a tracking device, very much jawbone up like. Um it can, can all also control functions of your um Sony smartphone, like maybe the music playback and stuff like that. So an interesting little mid range between the old crazy smartwatch um world that that's been created by Samsung and others, and Huawei's there now. LG have these devices with screens. Uh, lots going on in this space. Um, I worry about data. It's going to be my big worry because if you get stuck in one ecosystem for data for your whole life, then you are literally stuck in that ecosystem. So I want to see where the data can be exported you know, to and from each ecosystem of fitness trackers. So we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, uh, the Sony uh, range of smartphones, tablets and things are um, well documented. and You should check them out. Sony Xperia Z2 could be could be a sleeper this year in the smartphone race talking
1: technology without the jargon your Your tech life Life with trevor long
0: well i don't know about you but um parcel deliveries at my home are escalating and i can even exclude all of the cool stuff that i get sent because of my job Uh, i'm talking just you know the online purchases myself or my wife make um presents and things that arrive in the mail that are um, you know a little bit bigger than the old uh, mailbox out the front and Time's not on our side anymore. You know, we're, there's rarely someone home to to meet the the guy that rocks up in a van. And I was actually standing at the front of my house earlier today, um, saying goodbye to my mother who'd come to visit, and, and a parcel van pulled up over the road. Um, I only knew the neighbourhood, so I don't really know the neighbour. He pulled up, he knocked on the door, he waited, he left, and the bloke over the road is going to have to wait now until the little. Uh, ticket in his mailbox lets him go and visit the post office when he's not at work and all those different things that mean you're probably missing out on parcels um, more often than not. And there's um, there's a few solutions coming to this area and I find it very interesting space. Um, Australia Post have some solutions, but what about the solutions that you can put in at your very own home? And uh, one solution is Pac-Man. Not the game, P-A-K-M-A-N, Pac-Man. And the boss of this very cool idea, Mark Thame, is on the line. G'day mate, how are you doing? Hey, okay, Trevor, how are you going? And I'm really well. This is a this is a very interesting idea. Now, I, I I'm yet to I'm yet to fully equate to whether or not it is for everyone or whether it's for certain people who do maybe more ordering than not. But just tell us about the principles of your idea, which are essentially to bring a a bigger post box to your home, whether it's wall mounted or, or sitting out the front, an area where parcel deliveries can be made securely to your home.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right, Trevor. That a secure parcel delivery box, really designed for for residential homes. And as you touched on in your introduction, the, the reality is that um, online deliveries and, and deliveries to people's homes are going on the back of online shopping. But uh, the reality is that many of us are busy working; we're just not not home to receive deliveries. And, and I think there's a fantastic anticipation often when you make a purchase online, and then you experience that that frustration or that disappointment when you get home to find your delivery hasn't been made, and you've been left with a calling card, and you've got that inconvenience of having to travel to another location or arrange a redelivery. So the idea behind Blackman is that it's there to accept that delivery when you're not.
0: And is it um, – I mean, I'm looking at uh, photos of it, and I'll put these photos on the website shortly, but, uh, you know, it's it's a large – obviously large because you want to be able to receive parcels, but it's kind of a, a top and bottom, isn't it? The top end opens up like, a, like an Australia Post post box where you can kind of throw a parcel in, but then it drops down the bottom so it's secure enough for a parcel to be dropped easily – but also, um you know, it's lockable down the bottom, so not anyone can just open it up. That's how it works. It's uh, How big is it? Describe the dimensions for me.
2: That's exactly right. It's about a metre high, 400 deep, and about 400 wide. A, a little bit larger than a typical sort of pillar letterbox. Right. And you're, exa- you're exactly right. The, the product features a chute mechanism at the top, and the courier deliveries are able to make a delivery to that chute, and that's quite a lot, large chute. It'll accept up to an A3 width, What's uh, one of the larger boxes that you might be familiar with from Australia Post? Yep. And then as the, the delivery driver makes that delivery, he closes the chute and the parcel drops into a secure compartment below. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's a, now, very, there's a very cool feature on it, which, which only works with certain courier companies, but you can see this expanding. But there's also a tracking, like a QR code on the front so that you could kind of be alerted to the fact that the courier or, or the delivery has been made.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, One of the really nice things about our our Pac-Man parcel box is it's not dependent on any technology to function. Couriers are able to make a a delivery to the box irrespective of whether you're utilising the technology. But what the technology delivers is a really nice value add for consumers where the the courier will come, scan the QR code on the front of the box and that'll confirm for the delivery driver that he's at the correct address. And if a consumer has decided to register that QR code on our website with their details, they can elect to receive some delivery notification when that delivery has been made, either via SMS or via email.
0: And is that only with Fastway couriers at the moment? It, it is. We, we work with the
2: Fastway particularly on the development of the technology, and currently Fastway are on board, but we're in discussion with all of the major courier companies to get them integrated into this technology. And one of the beautiful things about the Pac-Man concept is not only does it deliver good value for consumers, but there's a really attractive proposition for the logistics companies because the reality is most of them will attempt to make multiple deliveries, but there's significant expense associated with that. So anything that allows first-time delivery and simplifies that process also has a lot of appeal for those guys.
0: Of course, because when, we miss, when they miss a delivery to us or we miss the pickup... Uh... You've got to go through rigmarole, whether it's taking a few phone calls or, or arranging for a re-delivery and all those different things. So it does make life better for them, doesn't it? So that's why they would be probably quite keen, in, in a sense, to to partner with you and, and work with that technology. Definitely, it's
2: early days for us, but our experience today has been these guys are very keen um, to
0: find out more about it and to get on board with it. Tell me about um, the 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 bottom part where um, where the parcels drop into. Also, can act, as I understand it, as a pick up area. Because if it's a it's got a password on it, like a, a combination lock, but I can change that. So is it possible that I could leave things there? Because this is one of my problems. I have parcels being picked up all the time, and I don't want to try and make my wife hang around. So if I was able to put them in the bottom and, and make a combination lock available to a delivery, could they use that to, as a pickup location as well? Yeah,
2: definitely. That's what we're planning on doing. And we don't quite have that technology in place yet, but... We believe the, the, the system will uh, enable us to work with participating courier companies to exactly as you described, enable a delivery where you can make the arrangement with the courier company, provide them with the detail, and then on arrival they can scan the QR code, find out the, the barcode or the PIN code for your combination lock, and collect the delivery.
0: Now, aside from obviously the thing costs money to manufacture, um, it's available at Bunnings warehouses, which is a pretty awesome delivery um, uh, distribution mechanism for you. Obviously, three hundred and twenty nine dollars. I mean, is that a is that a price point based on on research, or is that just the best price point you can bring it in at? Because obviously, you've got to have a real need for it if you want to part with three hundred bucks. I would have thought.
2: Yeah, that's a really good question, and I think they're relatively new to the world concept. Um, determining what the price point is is always a challenging piece. But for us, we looked at what similar pillar letterboxes are retailing for. Our view is that if somebody's willing to pay that kind of money for a letterbox, which really doesn't deliver any of the functionality, then a comparable price point with the additional benefit that Pac-Man delivers, we believe a good price to put it out.
0: So do you see people replacing their letterbox with this, or is this an addition that sits up near the door or something like that?
2: Actually, both. You can buy the parcel box um, by itself and place it uh, next to your front door in your vestibule type area. Mm -hmm. Or alternatively, we've developed it to be modular where you can put on top a different style of letterbox, um, which would then allow you to replace your your, your letterbox and place it at the front door. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, at the the fence line rather than at the front door. Okay. And we've got a a number of different styles of letterbox to suit Different uh, aesthetics, depending on uh, your neighbourhood and what your house looks
0: like. And in that sense, you would secure it to the um, to the to the place either at the front door, because obviously, I mean, someone's not going to walk away with a with a Pac-Man parcel box. It's pretty obvious. But I guess if they're bold enough, they would. So so it would be recommended that it gets secured um, to the ground or to the wall, wouldn't
2: it? Absolutely. The, the box is relatively easy to secure in place. You can either dive a bolt it into the ground if you're putting it adjacent to your front door or on your patio alternatively it's got a, a mechanism on the base where you can fold out uh, some sections of metal and drop those into a, a hole and concrete it in place
0: Ah, righty, yes very cool and and it's been been available now for how long at Bunnings? Um, we started uh, feeding
2: in through the Bunnings distribution network from around Christmas uh, and really full distribution from uh, sort of mid January onwards so it's still relatively early days and um, you know, we haven't had the opportunity to put the full promotional drive behind it yet um, but it's, it's so far,
0: been very exciting for us. So, b- bottom line, you're you happy with the with the first uh, initial rollout phase?
2: We are. We are. We, like I say, we've got pretty much full distribution. sites so available at Bunnings nationally at the moment. And we're looking at some um, kicking off some advertising campaign from the back end of March.
0: Fantastic, and it's a uh, Pac Man. P A K m a n and uh, i 've got some pictures and things i 'll put up on the website this week, but mate uh, it is a great concept uh, I think it's probably the challenge is, is getting people to realize how often they receive parcels you know and I think it wouldn 't be hard to convince my wife although i 'll be honest with you I think aesthetically would be my challenge with my wife convincing her that she wanted that thing uh, a box sitting at the front door or out on the on the on the fence line, but knowing how often she pops up to the to the local um, post office pretty much on my behalf. Um, that, may, that may be the thing that gets her over the line, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely. And look, that's one of the things we're also working on It's evolving the line to develop some different sizes and different styles and different looks just to make sure that it really does appeal to a broad range
0: of consumers. It's a great idea, mate. Good luck with it. And, uh, and thanks very much for the chat. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate your time. Alright, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life, and you can get me each and every week at eftm.com.au. Uh, you can listen here on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Love to know how you're listening, where you're listening, because I like to kind of refine things and make sure your listening um, is optimal. Uh, if you're listening on the Omni app, also very keen to hear that. Although I don't publish this very part of the show on Omni app, interestingly. So you can't hear this if you're listening on Omni app. There you go. That was pretty useless. But that's okay. That's fine. Uh, you can get in touch. Uh, tell me how useless that was by me saying that. Uh, you can tweet me at Trevor Long. You can uh, Facebook me dot com forward slash Trevor Long, all those different things. Uh, you can hear me on the radio each and every week across the country in different places. If you don't know where to find me or you want to know if I'm in your area, send me an email. Tell me where you are, and I'll tell you whether I'm in your area. It's as easy as that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Your Tech Life on eftm.com.au Talking technology without the jargon Your Your Tech tech Live
1: with Trevor Long